How are you feeling after that heartburn last night? Did you get some sleep after that one? No? Are you ready to do it again? We're here again one more time. Late night. Lockdown Guardians. And Shane Bieber maybe coming back. How did he look in his first rehab start? We'll talk about it again on today's episode of Lockdown Guardians. You are Locked On Guardians. Your daily podcast on the Cleveland Guardians. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. And again, we appreciate you for turning tuning in when this team is extremely frustrating. Uh, we spent about 30 minutes before we came on air tonight, and we think we've diagnosed Emmanuel Classe, so that, that should be fun. Uh, we spent about an hour yesterday, and I think I have found who I think the new manager should be. I found a nice sleeper candidate I haven't seen anyone else talk about. We're not going to get to that today, but give you a bit of a tease this for week. this week. Uh, and yeah, you know, we're still going to have fun with this. There's still you know, good things going on with this team, uh, mostly Bo Naylor right now and the young pitchers. Uh, but I mean, we'll see how Kyle Contrell can do. If he can get a nice start out of this, we'll talk a little bit about Bieber. Tristan McKenzie is going to be with this team for years. If Quantrell turns into the Quantrell he had been previously, Bieber comes back even close to what he can be. You get, you know, Dr. Sticks back. I'm not going to call him T plush like I accidentally did earlier this year with or two, last year with Niger Morgan. Niger Morgan, man. How dare you? Uh, I, I think I just really like that nickname, but it, I'm going to keep being Mr. Positive and say like the pitching is in place. There's a chance to even have pitching depth. And again, I will say this year MLB trade rumors, and they're talking about the great pitchers available this offseason still listed Lucas Giolito. That's how bad the depth is. So there's mm. going to be opportunities and chances. We've had a lot of off the air debates that we'll eventually have to put on air about trading for players and different evaluations. We're finally, Hey, we don't always agree. Um, and, and we will bring that to the show as well as talking about, you know, the rule five situation uh, as it goes in. But right now it is, if you want to sync up, I don't know if you want to do that with a baseball game, if you want to watch it, but it is top of the second Cleveland is winning one, nothing. Will Brennan just grounded out. Uh, I was complaining to Justin that somehow this team managed to get the bases loaded again and ground out strikeout. Ugh. And I'm going to throw out a theory. We don't have time to talk about it, but I want fans below and i'm not letting justin speak at all so you guys can get mad at me about that but here's the theory with all these infielders let me know if this is a crazy theory or not do you think there is any we talked about why are guys coming up and changing their game like why did will brennan come up and maybe press why does a rocchio or a gabby arias come up and press do you think there is a degree of knowing that there is a million and a half shortstops behind you and if you don't perform someone else is going to perform and you're going to lose that space do we think that could there be some degree of just the pipeline is hurting them in a weird way. Comment below. Let you know what we think, but let's talk about last night's game. I'll jump on your theory real quick too. Okay. I I think that that is just a natural part of being a young player is pressing because it's your first time and you don't know what to expect. And if you don't perform, they might send you back to the minors. I don't know. Maybe, maybe there's something to knowing that you have a lot of competition in the system, but I, I think that's just part of being a young player and, and, most young players press, which is why it's so impressive that Cleveland's pitchers, they, they have figured out how to make these pitchers comfortable at the big league level of starting. When Cleesack and Savali came up, they looked very polished when they came up, right? They pitched well. Um, and it wasn't until, you know, last two years when Cleesack just, you know, imploded. But 
Williams and, and Bybee and Allen have all come up and looked very good for a while there. Peyton Banfield, you know, came up and looked very, I still think he's going to make well. a good reliever eventually for some team. Yeah. He had a good outing there today. He's in triple a for the Mets now. Uh, you know, wishing him, wishing him the best of luck. Good dude. Good family. Um, but you know, they've, they've found a way to have these young pitchers come up and get their footing and, and look comfortable and, and like they belong there. And for hitters, not so much. Bo Naylor is the is you know the exception here, and then we're going to talk about that because he had a really good on game on yesterday. Tuesday. Four times, yeah, he had a good base. game. I, I want to mention him after we get to it, the it was a good, I mean, come on, let's be honest. Yesterday, it was it was raining it was nailers. No, it was no. a bad day, but you know you got your nailer fix, and uh, I was kind of surprised people weren't jumping in. And again, I want to point out every time somebody jumps in about Miles Naylor, bring up Denzel Clark, their first cousin. If you're going to get, if you want to get the nailers. Then you should get the whole brood, get the whole family involved, right? Like Here's a hot to... take for you. I would rather have Denzel Clark than Miles Naylor. Agreed. Shocking. Uh, agreed. And, no. <laughs> and, and, and again, it's just Denzel Clark locked on uh, Oakland here. He has like, I'm not sure which side he's related to the Naylors, but like he's got world-class athletes on both sides. It, even to like, he's got better athletic bloodlines than the Naylors themselves on top of that. I believe he is their first cousin. I could be wrong there, but he is, he is their first cousin. I, yeah, I agree. So let's, we'll get to Bo and, and Josh in a second. We were on the air when Josh, we were recording when Josh Naylor hit into the Covey Cove. That was fun. Doesn't happen a whole lot. You got to hit a ball very, very hard and very far to do that. Wasn't that a bounce. So very impressive. Very cool. Can't wait to see that ballpark one day. It's on my bucket list yeah. just to see something like that. But by sign it, Denzel Clark, 877 OPS this year in in uh, in double A. So I think that's a fair. Yeah, I saw him for an outfielder. <laughs> I saw him with Lansing, and he looked like a dude. So yeah, so I, I think we're. So I mean, the Emmanuel Classe thing. If you stayed yeah. up for the that game on on Tuesday night or Monday night, it was a rough one. A it was a rough one after that. Yeah. One. So. Yeah, we, we did a lot of debating off air. We'll we'll bring we'll bring this one on air today. Yeah. So class A, that's eleven blown saves this year. There's a lot of overreaction going on every every which way. And and you know what? I don't even say there's a lot of reaction. I won't say overreaction because everyone's entitled to go their own way with it. You can feel how you want to feel, you can draw your own conclusions, especially if you go out if you go out and do the research, if you go out and, and actually look through things like you know, someone should. If you're gonna speaking if you're of gonna, uh... Tons of blown saves. You know, Joe Borowski was part of that 1989 draft class. Oh, Joe Borowski, one of the closers of all time for Cleveland. Four career, four career war for a guy who had some huge seasons. Also shows just how bad yeah. he was but part of that so, 89 class I keep bringing up. Just an absolute disaster in the ninth inning. You know, Class A comes in, the runner's on second, right? Base hit, game is tied, gives up another hit. Um, immediately, no, or no, the run, the hit that scored the tying run is on first. He steals second. Really, no one's surprised by that because, for whatever reason, Cleveland is just having serious issues holding runners. They have done this, has been an issue for them since last season. It, it reminds me of uh, RBI Baseball 3, which I owned and still have somewhere, where if I could get a guy on third base, all I'd have to do is get a bunt single and then automatically I could steal second because they're too afraid to throw home. Basically, it's the same thing here, except for I don't need a guy at third. It's just you get on first base, you automatically get to second. Yeah, you're a, and that's that's what's happening for Cleveland relievers is a runner, especially if it's a walk. I mean, it was a hit last night, but it was or Monday night. But if especially if it's a walk, so that runner goes to second base because it's an obvious steal. I mean, James Karinchak last year, 39 innings, nine steals. Tristan McKenzie threw 191 innings and had three less steals against him 
Trevor Steffen had 11 steals against them last year, which is two more than Bieber who threw 200 innings. That's last year without the pitch clock. If you go, if you go to, if you go to this season, it's even worse. And obviously, it's going to be worse because the pitch uh, the pitch clock, but the um, the pickoff rule is going to impact this, right? So we'll just ignore Noah Syndergaard at the top of the league in steals because you know, yeah. Uh, Trevor Steffen, 12. Eli Morgan, surprisingly, 10, which is quite a lot for a reliever who has a slide step. Bieber, Bieber has allowed nine steals. He hasn't pitched since, what, July in 117 innings? Steffen's got, or, I'm sorry, uh, he still has the same amount as, as Karen Shack, as Curry, as Bybee even, who have less innings than him. So Bieber, you know, a little bit better holding runners. But, yeah, De Los Santos at five. Class A. Only at our class A this year is at nine. He was at four a year ago. Now, okay, part of that is because he allowed less base runners a year ago because he's struggling. The thing we looked at most was with class A. Now, last night, here's the graphic from last night. So that runner gets on second base. You, if you watch the game, um, there's a balk call that put him at third base. I don't, I don't think it was a balk. I don't. To me, a balk is like what's a catch in the NFL. I feel like we have just lost control of what yeah, a balk no, is. No one knows what a balk is right now. It's, it's pretty no, terrible. but the umpires who are umpiring Cleveland games seem to because Tanner Bybee had two in one inning back to back, and now Class A did. I don't think he did, but again, I don't think anybody knows what a balk is. So that runner's on third base, and then maybe Class A, chicken, a gets behind. Sorry, maybe, maybe, yeah. No one knows what, yeah. Why the chicken crossed the road? No, I don't know. Bok, bok, bok. Yeah, I'm sorry. Sorry. Oh wow! Yeah. I know soldier joke there. Um, I'm so, a dad. What can I say? It was that. So that runner's on third base, and then he gets behind two to Lamont Wade Jr. And then he throws two meatballs down the middle. If you're watching on YouTube, we have the graphic up from Savant. He threw two two O cutters down the middle, and Lamont Wade, who has been a solid contributor for the Giants for a couple of years now, just very over, you know, very solid. It's the ball back of the middle. Game over. Giants win. Uh, so Class A has issues getting ahead of hitters, which has led to a lot of things. We will continue to dive into Class A's issues yep. um, in just a moment and Shane Bieber's rehab start, which went you know pretty well. So find out what we thought of that. The NFL season is here. So get ready for all the action in week two coming up with incredible offers from FanDuel, America's number one sports book right now. New customers can bet up to $500 and get 200 on bonus bets. Guaranteed that's 200. And all customers who bet $5 will get $100 off NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. That is a good deal. Trust me, it's a good deal for what you pay for YouTube. And if you're going to watch every one of those games, I'm not watching NFL Sunday ticket, but if you're into that sort of thing, uh, this is a good deal. Trust me. Uh, now is the best time to join FanDuel. The app is easy to use, and you can bet on everything from spreads to player props and more. I would not bet the over on Aaron Rodgers' touchdowns this year, if I were you. Sad face for Jets fans. Um, so visit FanDuel.com slash lockdown and kick off the NFL season with an offer you won't want to miss. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Finally, the late nights are over for the last time this season, but... You can listen to the Guardians wrap up their series with the San Francisco Giants at 345 local time on your Sirius XM app. Just search Guardians. I'm so glad. You know, when I was in college and high school, I, even in high school, getting up too early in high school, um, I love the West Coast road trips. And I'm night owl now. I still stay up pretty late. Never um, liked them. Yeah, never, I used to like them. Been a fan. And I, I'm still a late night person. That's just who I am. I'm a late night person, but. God, even yeah. these late night games to kill me. Yeah. Even even being a late night person. So I was I was looking at some data. So yes, obviously Emmanuel Classe is, is first in the league and blown saves. 
uh, tied at fourth, you have uh, the other side of things, Kamel Davalo, uh, whose name I'm butchering, and, and also Trevor Steffen. And for as much as we like rail against this team and the hitting this year, they've blown 10 more saves than a year ago. And you go and you, you know, you had 10 more I'm wins on this now. team. And, Just half. you know, it, it's all of a sudden they're what, you know, you, you flip it and they're 78 and 67. I'm like I, I'd have to, I stopped score scoreboard watching a while or uh, standing watch. Cause it, you know, the season was done, but I put them in first, you, you flip those 10 games, the 10 more than a year ago. And they're in first, and let's be honest, when it comes to class A, there is a degree of bad luck here that is occurring. They're, they're, the batter ball data, he's got a 293 bat pip. That's uh, close to league average. With his stuff, that should never happen. Uh, his expected batting average when I was looking over on Savant is is like 220. Yeah, his expected batting average is 228 against him. They're hitting 293. So that yeah. is that's pretty significant that the expected batting average because that's not we're not even talking about like normalizing for bat pip just expecting batting average against should be two based on contact quality yes yeah and they're hitting two ninety three so there is a lot of bad luck baked in and yes the knee jerk reaction with a bad week is to be like trade him that's dumb let's be honest like, it's a bad what do you week. what do this contract is so filthy cheap. Yeah, he's an all star, and I know all star is subjective, but, but people and it's also like why would you sell low? Uh, it's, it's, well, I don't think you're selling low. I think another team would, another I mean, team would love the Guardians, dumb, but like, you know, when, when you get in the negotiations, it's still like, well, he's had that rough year, his command isn't as sharp this year. Terry Francona kills relievers. How do we know his arm isn't going to fall off? Like, I mean, Cody Allen, we were talking before, it's like you look at you look at all of these, you look at Cody Allen being done before 30, you look at Andrew Miller leaving here a shell of himself. I, he overuses the guys he trusts, and class A is the guy he trusts. and Class A, when you go through the data, it's pretty obvious what the issue is. His first pitch strikes are down 10%. He's mm-hmm. falling behind in the count. He's not getting ahead of guys, so he's striking out less guys. They don't have to chase as much because he's not ahead His in the chase count. chase rate's down. His chase rate's down. So it all comes down to that. He is not as sharp. And if you put up the graphic again, look at those first two pitches. He is just not. He needs to be first two mm-hmm. pitches in the zone. He's also using a slider about 7% less. And due to getting behind, yes, because trying for the cutter to get back in the count. And when you when you're a two pitch reliever, I I mean, most relievers, it is hard. Marion Rivera obviously was you know was a Hall of Famer for a reason. It is hard anymore to be a two pitch reliever. You almost need three pitch. Look at Trevor Steffen. Trevor Steffen has a four seamer and a slider. He developed the splitter. Look what happened. The splitter made his career take off. He went from being a you know a guy in, in the pen who stuck for a year because. He threw hard and had a decent. His slider was good, but the splitter made him a guy who got the contract he got as far as being a, a rule five setup guy. You almost need three pitches anymore. Classe does not have three pitches. So if you get behind in the count like he does, all, he has this year, like you said, the first pitch strike percentage is down almost 10%. Guess what? You're a hitter. I know the cutter's coming. I know how hard he throws it. I know what that, that cutter does. I'm going to sit on it. I'm not going to get the slider. Last year, the guardians asked him to throw the slider more. They, they made it a point to do that. And he had a great season because he started throwing the slider more. So I don't know if he has to learn, maybe rely on it earlier in the count. I'd, I'd have to look more, you know, detailed the pitch data for that kind of stuff. And I'm just not worried. Like we, I think we said on a couple episodes, episodes ago, we're not really worried about him. Like I know you're sitting there saying Tito does, you know, ruin relievers, and he has a track record. There's no doubt about that. But if I'm another team and I'm like, the Guardians are, are 
interested in hearing offers on Class A. And then, you know, you Guardians will listen to offers on anybody. What are you going to get? Like, his contract is so dirt cheap, but, but I'm sorry, no team out there. If you're trading him, you're making part of your team that you need to be – that has not performed well this year. One, who are you replacing him with? B, you're not getting a major league out like yeah. the this team's biggest need is a major league outfielder. And when these trades happen for relievers, it's always from a good team to a bad team, so they don't have to give up. Correct. To someone Correct. right away. And a team you, isn't going to trade you an everyday player. <laughs> Tito uses class A like an everyday player, so maybe, yeah. maybe he is, but but um, you said it yesterday off I don't know if it was off air or on air. There's an outfield problem in baseball. Like yes. there are teams I mean, out there who have great outfields. Teams. Yeah, Th- there are teams very, out there with Great outfields, but just about every team this offseason is going to be looking to add an outfielder. Like that is where we are. Like due to injuries, due to developmental issues, uh, just about every team you know in baseball is probably going to look to add an outfielder. Uh, so yeah, it, it's a big issue across the game right now. And we just had a few years where top outfield prospects either took a long time. Someone like Ian Happ, who essentially until he was fifth year in the big leagues, I mean. There was talk of him getting DFA'd after year three or four at one point because maybe he made too much. I still regret so much that Jose Tana deal I proposed that the uh, that the yeah. Cubs fans agreed with never happened. But I mean, here's the thing: Ian Happ would be walking at the end of this year if he's here anyway, so what's a matter? Uh, but it, it's still one of those things. It's it it's hard. It's hard to find outfield help. It is. The when pitch you have is the other thing too with Class A too. We didn't yes. talk about is that. Um, he was one of the slowest pitchers on the mound before the zero percent fast pitches for his career. For those who don't know, a fast pitch is you throw it in under 15 seconds. So to get a pitch, he never did there, that before this year. He never had one in his career. And his tempo with runners on base, like this, and this is the big problem for him is holding runners, right? Yeah. So his way of holding runners before was to just take forever. Yeah. So before the pitch clock, come. yeah, before the pitch clock, he was taking 25 to 30 seconds with the runner on base to throw the next pitch. Now he has to get it under 18 seconds and he's at 17, six this year. He's just, he's at the very top of the, uh, and, and he only has a, a few pitch clock violations. Shockingly. Although, although Cleveland's bullpen leads the league in pitch clock violations with 22 among all bullpens, not all pitching staffs, but class a used to take forever with runners on base. That was how he held runners. That was how he was able to come back and maintain his control. Right. When you take that much time between pitches, you, you gather yourself, you ramp back up, and that's how you can go out and throw the ball where you need to throw it. Now he's got to do it in 18 seconds with runners on base, and that's part of it too. And, and there's no getting around that. Like the the throwing the first pitch strike thing, I think he'll figure it out. I'm not – I think he's got enough control where he can figure it out. Um, he's just got to keep runners off base. That's what it comes down to. I think he's got to get ahead of counts. He's got to keep runners off base. I know that's easier said than done, but his stuff is good enough. I, 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 I'm, I'm still not worried at all. I, I mean, yes, the overusage is going to catch up at some point, um, but there's I mean, no, there's no way I'm trading, I'm trading him this offseason at all because the contract is too ridiculous for that talent level, and you're just not going to get what you need out of that trade, and you're not going to be able to replace him either. Like, I'm sorry, all star closers don't grow on trees; they just don't. Like, you, and, and if you, if you think you're going to win in the postseason next year. You you're not going to do without Emmanuel Class A. Sorry, you're not. I, I think the one thing that stands out, too, is if you hope to contend, which I think this team does, you can't trade from you, you can't trade your best players, right? You can't trade your best guys unless you're forced to. 
i.e. they're going to be a free contracts agent. either. Yes. And, and you're never going to get a like, I mean, his whole contract is like almost less than Edwin Diaz makes this year. So it just, the, he is the type of guy you have to keep. Don't, don't have a knee jerk reaction. It's again, go look at the numbers overall. He's been really unlucky. Has he been as good? No, heck no. I'm not saying that, but he's been unlucky and buying those should, two things. He should yeah. end up, you know, being better in a year. And that contract is just you, a team in this market has to hold on to contracts like that. You want to corner the market on guys like that. That's how you're going to be successful. Um, but I, I think when you look at overall, you're just hoping to ride it out. You're hoping this was some degree of bad luck again, you know, Trevor Steffens also had his issues this year and you're hoping that in a year that somebody like, um, you know, I almost said Tim Kate, that's not it. Kate Smith, uh, <laughs> get old Tim Kate, Yukon lefty. Oh. Uh, but, uh, Kate Smith or Franco Alamon in a year, or maybe some additional depth an- answers for this team. And, Personally, I hope the pen finishes strong because I do believe in those two young guys. I mean, you and I both heard this team that, needs bullpen reinforcements. Yeah. Like but they can't I, trade relievers; they need more relievers. Yeah. But you and I both heard at the deadline ones. they were close to trading Enyel. So mm-hmm. th- there are like in between moves that could be made that could still help them get better in ways. And having that extra, that's depth, just trying to maximize value. They value. were just trying to trade trade him while his value was high. Yes, but it's also like they knew they had reinforcements coming. Uh, speaking of reinforcements coming, uh, we should talk about Bieber after we do a quick message from sponsors. So if you know me, you've been a long time, you know, you're one of our everydayers out there. Uh, like, like Bruce who left eight comments. Thank you, Bruce. Uh, I love a new sponsor and we have a new one and our new sponsor is Jace medical. And, what I kind of loved when I went through and looked at their stories here and some of the information uh, is they told a story about someone who had a sinus infection and I've had two sinus surgeries. Uh, w- when your, your ENT says, wow, you have a first one, they say, wow. And then they say, you have a profoundly um, deviated septum. You know, it's not a good sign. When I have those, I have to sleep sitting up. I'd sleep in a chair. I would sleep in, you know, terrible positions because the pain got so bad. And then if I couldn't get in to see my doctor, I couldn't get the antibiotics I needed to help clean that out. So then I just wouldn't get to sleep for a few days, wake up with like a nice burning sensation right here above my eye. Uh, it was fun. If, if you've ever been that, you know what that's like. So I say this because Jace Medical could be the answer for someone like that. You, you know, you go and you're able to fill out all the paperwork, get with the supply chain shortages, get that sent to you, get those antibiotics you need to help clear up a sinus infection and many other things. Uh, so right now, you know, you can save more than $360 by getting life-saving antibiotics with Jace Medical, plus an additional $20 off by using the code Locked On at checkout at jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. Again, if you need antibiotics or you think that something can benefit you, check out Jace Medical. 345. So as you're wrapping up your workday, the Guardians will be starting their final game in San Francisco. You can listen while you work on your SiriusXM app. Just search Guardians on the app. Real quickly before we get into Shane Bieber's rehab start, um, we didn't mention. I didn't want to mention. We didn't mention all the things about Bowden that we wanted to. So uh, he had two hits yesterday and a walk. Great day. Two for walks. Him. Two walks. Yeah, two two walks. Two walks. Um, two hits. Man, he is really just. It's amazing how much he's growing. I mean, he's got. 
110 WRC plus his. He was both of our number one. You know, here we go. People get ready for it. You can mute Number me. one position player prospect. Yeah. Yes. For both of us, he was the number one position player prospect ahead of. Behind the, the three big three. Yeah. 326 OBP, 436 slugging. The average is a 230. Kind of rough there, but I don't know. We'll, we'll see how that goes. But I'm just amazed at how fast he has grown offensively this year. Like, it didn't look good for it, a while there. It didn't look good, but man, he got he now that he has kind of got his feet under him, he looks so much better offensively for the most part. Um, defensively, too. There was a couple times uh, in that game Monday night where he framed some strikes. And uh, if you look at He's the framing metrics on Savant, weighted run traded plus, that's third best on this team. Yeah, uh, 65 percentile weight and framing, pretty good for however, however much longer that matters. You know, we'll see. The pop time's still good, everything else is still. It's down. I, I I still wonder how much of that is on the pitchers. I know he's got accuracy issues, but is he rushing the throw because of his pitchers are not helping him? We'll see. Uh, that that's another reason for the Guardians to go out and, and hold runners better for you know not just for the pitchers metrics yeah. and but to help O'Neill up. But the framing is is better than I thought. Um, and then you know he's want- had some some rough moments defensively, but yeah. I'm just amazed at how much he's grown. And I I want to start. I mean I want to start seeing him against lefties. I know David Fry is playing against. Sean Maniah, that's good. It's not Cam Gallagher, at least. But um, and I'm sure with, with Tito sitting him on Tuesday night, I assume that means he will play Wednesday because yeah, you know, day game, night game. But yeah, you're only going to get. Just want to see him against lefties. But I'm just, I'm just so amazed how fast. I didn't expect yeah. Naylor to progress the way he has this year so fast. I, we both believed in him, like you said, but I didn't think it was going to come this quickly. I, yeah, and I want to point out a, a few things. Uh, first half. Weighted runs again. Uh, we always forget to explain. Weighted runs created plus takes all that data, compresses it down. hundred is average. Uh, just a nice way to look across all of sports and say, okay, this guy is performing at a league average level. He had a fifty-eight in the first half. Now again, it wasn't the biggest sample, but still a fifty-eight with a two eighty-one bat pip. So a little unlucky. Second half, it's a one nineteen with a two th- uh, two fifty-three bat pip. Uh, and on top more of that, the, yeah. So even un- more unlucky. 32.1% K percentage first half, 23.2. He's dropped the K percentage uh, walk nine rate, percentage points while upping the walk percentage. So, I mean, everything you want to see positively is there in terms of his adjustment. And again, the fact that he has a bad bat pip is a very positive sign that he can continue. He's just got to keep doing what he's doing. Just stay in himself and not not overthink it. Um, just go out there and continuing, continue being uh, the star. And that's hard to do for it. It's hard to do for a young catcher, a rookie catcher, too, because of how much they're asked to carry. And um, Cleveland just hasn't had a young hitting catcher since Carlos Santana, and he was not a great defender. He had a good arm, but everything else was kind John of. John Gomes had, had a you know had those first two years were pretty good. Yeah, he was, but he was older, and he wasn't he really was. a top prospect. That was a guy who he can't. Let's see, came yeah. into playing time because of Lou Marson's injury. Like, yeah, he, they, Cleveland well, never thought he'd be more than a backup when they got him. 2013, he got to play as kind of a backup, and then he won the Silver Slugger in 2014 at age 26. Yeah, that, that was, was a yeah. a guy who took advantage of a situation, and Cleveland really lucked out because Lou Marson was playing over him early on. Remember, that was it took Lou Marson's shoulder injury in 2013 for him to get a chance to play, and it worked out really well for everybody. Lou Marson only got in three games that year. It was yeah, like, he got somebody ran. It was in Tampa Bay. Somebody ran into his shoulder at home plate. And uh, and basically yeah. ended his season, and that's when Gomes came in. And yeah, and I mean that's I mean the nice thing with Gomes too, it's like you know just hey, having uh, a good year this year, by the way. Uh, he's got a, a seven fourteen OPS for his career. That's that's 
for a catcher. I mean, yeah, he might end up being one of those guys who's a little underrated once all of a sudden done, but uh that a good leader of the, staffs. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I he's one of the guys I had a very positive interaction with in the minors. Yeah. Um speaking of the minors, real quick, um running short on time. So Shane Beaver yeah. made a rehab start on on Monday on Tuesday. I watched most of it on MLB TV. It looked pretty good. He was 90 to 90. He topped out at 92. So he was 99 at one, topped out at 92, which is where he was all year. The difference there was, okay, I wasn't expecting. He threw 55 pitches, I believe. I was not expecting him to throw that many. 50, that many pitches. I thought one, two innings. He came up for the second. I was a little surprised. He came up for the third, and I was like, oh, geez. And then he came up for the fourth. Uh, then he... Walked batter on four pitches, then he hit a batter, and that was the end of the night for him. But um, he threw his breaking stuff a lot more. Like, I saw plenty of sliders. I saw a few curveballs. So my question is, both times he's been hurt, he started abandoning the breaking stuff, and he was just so fastball heavy. And it just – it's got – I don't know. I feel like it's got to be an indicator for him that when he is not 100% healthy and how long did we see it for this year that he would – you know, going back to that Boston start where he threw, like, 70 out of 100 fastballs or something, and they said it was because of the way hitters were reacting to his pitch mix, so they're looking to jump on spin. But, like, when this happened in 2021, too, when he was hurting, he was – the breaking ball percentage was down, whether it was the slider and the cur- the curveball completely went away uh, after heavy uses in 2020. It just makes me wonder, like, when he gets away from using the breaking stuff, it, it just feels like it's a sign of health for him, and – for him to throw as many many breaking balls I saw tonight and how good they looked, of course, they better look good against double-A hitters, right? But, yeah, just very, very jarring. But a good start for him. And, you know, if he throws one more rehab start in minor leagues next week, he comes back for one major league start this year. Same with McKenzie. McKenzie will start on Wednesday. Yeah. Yeah, again, it's building a – this is where I'm taking my positivity is you get that pitching back, this is going to be an interesting – Although, off season. is Shane Bieber still going to be here this this offseason? Well, I mean, he'll be here for part of the offseason. You can guarantee that. Okay, will he be here this time? Well, this time next year. Okay, will he be here when the season starts? Is there, we're going to have a fun debate about that. We'll, we'll have all you know, for a while, we thought, well, we started out the season saying by January 2024, Shane Bieber won't be a guardian. And then he got hurt, and the stuff was, was down. was ineffective, like, yeah. And we are like, okay, he's going to be a guardian. And now... I don't know. We're we're having but, some different thoughts. But what I do know is that uh, we'll be back tomorrow. Win, lose, or draw. Uh, just don't ask me a draw. I'm a terrible artist. But what we do appreciate is each and every one of our everydayers, uh, you know, coming in, checking out, having fun, and go, go, Guardians, go. Win, lose, or draw. Either we win or we get a draft.